Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I am Ben George along with Bree Reyes. She's an investor, coach, and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. And we got a good show for you today, as always. But we're going through five big money mistakes that people make, Bree. And uh, there's a long list of money mistakes, I'm sure, that you've seen over time, but we've narrowed it down to five. Oh, I could I could make a very long list, but we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna go with five because five is not overwhelming. Yeah. I think yeah, just just being able to do a little bit of time, I think, is so important for a lot of people with their with their money. So we'll try to help you out today and, and help make sure you're not making these same mistakes. But what's going on with you and uh, and the family right now? How's everything? What is going on with me and the family? Well, um, we just went to the Fort Worth Charles Schwab Invitational, also known as the Colonial Golf Tournament. Nice. For most of us in Fort Worth, we call it Colonial. Yeah. The PGA would love for us to call it the Charles Schwab Invitational. And I'm sure Charles Schwab would prefer us to call it that as well. <laughs> but um, welcome to Colonial, guys. Uh, so we just we just did that last weekend, actually. And uh, it's not Nate's first time to go to a golf tournament. It's actually his second, his first one he was a baby and he fell asleep in a stroller and it was lovely and I could watch and nobody bothered me <laughs> this time he wanted to hunt golf balls hit golf balls and was a little annoyed with the people playing the golf <laughs> so we have decided next year we will watch it from home with the air conditioning yeah um but we he did he I mean you know and they he got a um T flag signed by Max, somebody or other. I Hold forget up. his name. Sorry, Max. If you're listening, you're not listening. But if you are, I apologize hmm. thoroughly. Um, they have the, the nice thing about Colonial is they have like kid signature areas where you have to be under a certain height to get in. And um, it's by the putting the practice putting green and different spots along the course. And so he tried that, but then he got freaked out. He's like, Why am I asking people for these sign their signatures? I'm like, because they're professional golfers he's like yeah i don't understand the appeal of that so we have a colonial tea flag with one signature on it <laughs> after that he was over it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i've always wondered like because nate's what five now or is he six he's six he's six so i was wondering like what age is appropriate i'd love to take my daughter out sometime but i always wonder like if she just start talking or screaming or singing frozen in the middle out of nowhere and interrupt everything that's going on around her like, does she have that yeah, concept of being to, quiet? I will tell you, Nate is still too young for a concert. We tried to go to a concert last year where we tried to let him stay up a little late when he was five. That was an utter disaster. <laughs> so I would recommend not that. Not five. Yeah. <laughs> and the nice thing about Colonial is, and one of the reasons Nate got to go, kids go free. Okay. So that makes it a little bit better if you have to take out take off that it's not the most expensive thing we have ever done with him. Yeah. Because he goes free. That's but nice. at the same time, it's one of those that I still it still is annoying. Mm -hmm. Is he able to uh, to enjoy all the walking around that's required for golf? He doesn't mind the walk. I mean, because we he has to do it in for his golf tournaments. Okay. So yeah. he's very 
used to doing it for his golf tournaments. He didn't mind that. That was not the problem. The problem was, Mommy, why can't I go hunt golf balls? Why are you making me sit here? You know, the, the other the other part of it. It's hot. All the things. All the things. It's hot. Yeah. I will say I did see the, uh, the Bronco they gave away for that tournament to the winner. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that Very was cool. pretty sweet. Yeah. Wouldn't mind that. Well, I'm glad you've uh, you glad you had a fun time with Nate. I always love to hear what Nate's up to, and and uh, always love a good golf tournament too. So uh, sounds yeah. Like a good time. I, the, you've got to come to Colonial. It is my favorite golf tournament in that it or well it, compared to the Byron because it's it's a it's very fr- family friendly. Like they encourage mm-hmm. us to bring kids out. They have kids signing. It's a beautiful course. It's not all corporate taken over where some of the golf tournaments are. So yeah, I like no it. I encourage it. It's one of my faves. Awesome. Well, let's transition into our main topic today. Again, if you have questions for Bree when we get done, want to follow up, make sure you're not making any money mistakes or want to see what other mistakes people make and want to avoid those as well, you can always call 817-444-8402 or log on estesfinancial.net. You can also connect with Bree on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn as well, whatever is most convenient for you. So again, there's many, many pitfalls we can fall into, Bree, in the world of retirement planning, but we've distilled it down to five big mistakes to watch out for. Let's start with the first one and uh, begin with taxes. I know you always have an eye on taxes, so let's start right there. Just ignoring those future tax implications of your retirement savings is a big money mistake. It's a massive money mistake. See, my industry has been in this whole, hey, when you are in retirement, you are going to be in a lower tax, you're going to have less taxable income and you are going to be in a lower tax bracket environment lie for years and years and years and years and years. Not necessarily a lie. I just think that nobody anticipated the situation of, first of all, so up to 85% of Social Security is eligible for taxation. That wasn't always the case, by the way. So if people have Social Security, guess what? They've got some taxable income coming in. The other thing is, if they have a pension, they have some taxable income coming in. Or some people have multiple pensions. I know it's unheard of. So... (laughs) There isn't two streams of income coming in. Then anything they take out of their traditional 401k or IRA counts as income when when you're looking at your taxes. So I'm seeing what I'm seeing is people are not necessarily in a lower tax environment. Maybe their taxable income is lower, but guess what? Tax rates are higher. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or could be going higher. I think they will be going higher. Knock on wood, they don't go higher, but that's my concern. That's my fear. Even if you do everything you can to control your taxable income, you cannot control tax rates. The only way you can control tax rates is by voting. And even then, you can't control tax rates. So uh, not thinking about taxes is one of the major reasons I see people run out of money or their do-it-yourself financial plan fails. Yeah, so a great starting point to begin this conversation. And let's just carry right into Social Security since you, you mentioned that. Um, the big part of of income in retirement, of course, we talk about it quite a bit. Uh, but the problem most people mis- make is they just don't know when to claim and they just decide, I'm going to claim it as early as possible for whatever reason. But starting too early can be a big mistake. Starting too early can be a massive mistake, not just necessarily for you because 
by the way, the cost of living for Social Security is not designed to keep up with inflation. Heads up on that one. And number two is if you live earlier, you've been receiving less money for a longer period of time. So its buying power diminishes the older you get. I see this all the time. I, 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 the cases I see the, the biggest is when people walk in and they've forgotten they've forgotten a couple of things when they did their retirement plan. They didn't think about taxes because they just kind of thought that they were this inevitable thing they were going to have to deal with and they imagined they'd always stay the same. Nothing stays the same. And what are the two certainties in life? Death and taxes. Mm-hmm. So they ignore taxes. Then they they assume Social Security will keep pace with inflation. I think we've seen lately it does not. It was not designed to. It's specifically designed to look at CPI and then not necessarily always keep pace with inflation. It's not its job. So, and there have been years where Social Security has not had a cost of living increase, people. So, it's not, it was not designed to be the a part and overall a huge part of your retirement plan but for most people it ends up being a huge chunk of their retirement plan even if it wasn't designed to be such so you need strategies the other thing you can do or the the problem with claiming early is you don't just hurt you and maybe your family while you're alive you can you can conceivably hurt your spouse's widowed or widower or widow social security when you're gone because you claimed it early so don't claim early or at least have somebody look at your social security, run the estimates, look at the numbers. There's thousands of different claiming strategies out there. And it's one of my favorite things to do with people because most people come in here and they go, it's running out of money. I don't know how long I'm going to live, which is true. You're not guaranteed any day. I'm claiming it at 62. But then I show them by doing that strategy, not only how they're affecting them, but they're affecting their family in the future, or their spouse in the future, suddenly they become open to ideas. Mm-hmm. So don't try to do this alone. Consult with a financial planner. The, the next thing that I see people that, and, and, and it, it becomes very easy to do this when the market is bad, but they focus on returns. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, my account was down 3% last year. Did you still have enough? Are you, are you meeting your income needs? Yes. Are you meeting your future income needs? Yes. Then it focusing on return is not good for a financial plan. Most financial planners, myself included, factor in the fact portfolios are going to vary. Returns vary. They're never linear. Mm-hmm. It's not 8% year after year after year after year after year. That's just not possible. So when we factored those changes of portfolio or changes in performance in your portfolio, we've, we know that there's going to be some negative years. We've already built that into the models. If you're one, working with the CFP, they've already built those into the models. If you're working with Joe Blow Financial Planner I have no, or, or Joe Blow Financial Advisor or, or Stockbroker, I don't know. But if you're working with a certified financial planner, they've already thought that part through. All right. So the third there, focusing on returns instead of income during retirement. All right. What's number four then, Bree, for the big money mistakes people make? This is one that I'm seeing more and more of and I'm kind of afraid of. Tim, dad, my business partner, um, 
calls it the zombie apocalypse that he sees on the horizon. We have a lot of people that have put off, ignored, stuck their head in the sands, whatever you want to think, however you want to think about it, long-term care costs. Now, I not everybody needs long-term care insurance. Point being, there is not a perfect long-term care insurance program. I understand for everyone it can be a little different. The thing is, it's important that you know and you've planned for it. And here's why. Because nobody wants to pay for long-term care. It's like car insurance. I don't particularly love paying my car insurance bill. Be a thousand percent candid. I think most people can say that. It's something that you have because we have to have it. But it's not something that we enjoy having. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay. Like nobody goes out and is like, look, I got new car insurance. It's not one of those situations. So... The bigger situation is, is that, and so people don't like thinking about it. It's like death. Nobody likes thinking about long-term care. Problem is long-term care bankrupts families. And the way it does it is because usually only one spouse at a time needs long-term care. And the statistics are frightening. I'm not even going to go into the statistics of how many, you know, if you're over 60, you're 70, 80% going to need long-term care. Like those statistics are just frightening, but let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. If one member of the family needs, one member of the couple needs long-term care, usually the other member of the family or other member of the couple doesn't. Most facilities don't just take one at a time or mm-hmm. take two. Yeah. So one of you is not going to, one of you is not going to live in the facility. So you're paying, let's say a hundred grand for one facility for one person. Where does the other person live? Or even 70 grand or even 50 grand, 20 grand. I mean, not sure if you'd want to stay in the place that's 20 grand for long-term care. But point being, how much, how does that hurt your budget as a couple in retirement if 50 grand or 70 grand is just, is basically allocated to one of you? It kills your retirement budget. And this is something that, okay, my kids are going to take care of me. Well, that's what we used to do. That's the way it used to work. We don't work that way anymore. We don't live that way anymore. We live all over the country with different kids in different spots and that type of thing. And that's the problem is that we don't all live here in Texas with our families or in a state with our family. And our kids are working. They don't have time to stay take care of you. We're not the one income household anymore for the most place, most part. And number two, do you want your kids taking care of me, ter- care of you? Um, my sister used to threaten my parents jokingly as a child. Hey, be nice to me. Don't forget. I get to pick your nursing home. <laughs> this is Amanda's threat. And, and I have two sisters named Amanda. So you never, you never know which one this is. Hmm. Mom and dad know. But she used to say, Hey, don't forget, you know, when dad, when dad was picking on her, being mean to her, teasing her, he'd, she'd remind him that she was going to pick his nursing home. So he went out and got long-term care insurance to make sure Amanda doesn't get to pick his nursing home. <laughs> now, rightly or wrongly, that wasn't the only reason. The only reason is because he knew he'd seen his parents. He didn't live near his parents. My mom did not live near her parents. And he had seen how the family, it, how hard it is to try to take care of your folks from different places. And quite frankly, he knows that I will only watch a certain amount of the same television shows he will before I just lose my gourd. Love him. 
we don't watch the same TV and vice versa. He didn't want me taking care of him. So he got long-term care insurance as a gift to me and to my sisters. And I say me because I'm the local kid. My sisters both live out of state. Um, my in-laws, same thing. We are taking care. We being the Reyes family are, ta- are helping or do help in different ways. My father-in-law's parents. So my husband's grandparents. They... Um, now, Joaquin and I don't help monetarily, but we visit, we hang out, we do different things with them. Um, and he, my, his, my grandfather-in-law, I guess, has dementia, has Alzheimer's, and that has put a financial strain on their family. So I've seen this personally in my own family. I mean, my dad's favorite story to talk about was Christopher Reeves. He fell off a horse, hurt himself. And it financially bankrupted him. He went from being Superman to broke. Now, luckily, his college roommate was able to float him a decent loan. But not everybody has Robin Williams as your college roommate. Huh. Something to think about. Yeah. Absolutely something to think about. All right. uh, Last one here, Bree, for our Money Mistake conversation today. And it comes down to an area that you're all too familiar with, not just through... You work with Estes Financial, but also with Smart Financial Divorce. Yeah, poor communication. Mm -hmm. I have seen way too many couples, and I see this more with Estes than I do, because by the time they come to me with Smart Financial, they're done. But I see this with Estes, where nobody has talked about savings goals. Nobody has talked about, hey, you know, we're hitting the age where maybe we don't want to. We want to slow down. We don't necessarily want to completely retire or maybe we do want to completely retire what are we going to do let's talk about it let's let's do it together nope this is a there's been no communication the most awkward conversations that have happened in my conference room are these or one spouse goes yep we're renting a motorhome we're driving around the country it's going to be great and the other spouse goes like heck we've got grandkids this is not happening Hmm. and that's when i point out that we have marriage counselors to our left and down the hall to our right (laughs) I'm not licensed or trained in marriage counseling, <laughs> but it's one of those situations. And so it is a problem. It's a massive, massive problem. Poor communication is huge. And it's number one. Money is the number one cause of divorces. Mm-hmm. So if you want to divorce proof your marriage, the best thing you can do to divorce proof your marriage, talk about money. Even the awkward conversations, even the, hey, honey, I maybe spent a little too much on QVC this month or whatever. Have those conversations. So important to have those conversations. Uh, We know communication for any relationship is key, but especially as it involves money. So uh, something to remember. But again, these are just five mistakes. Hopefully these kind of help you uh, avoid making these with your retirement, your financial plan. If you have questions for Bree, again, 817-444-8402 is the number. And Bree, as we started off that conversation with taxes, let's close it out with taxes. Your ticking tax time bomb toolkit is a great opportunity for people to get that for free from you for listening to the podcast. And what will they get out of that? Yes, my favorite four-letter word, free. We're going to get our book, Financial Flight Plan, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement, which is always one of my favorites. And yes, there's plenty of puns in it. And the print is big because some of us have need cheaters. Um, we've got a CD that has some of our podcasts on it that you can listen to. 
and a couple of reports about five risks that could destroy your retirement. We've got a tax special report. So it's a it's a wonderful and amazing toolkit to kind of help people know what they should be looking out for. Because we've covered five today, but there's plenty more. And you can get that by calling our office 817-444-8402. Once again, 817-444-8402 or emailing us at info, I-N-F-O, at Estes Financial dot net very good take advantage of that we get good, good, good feedback on that all the time and uh, we appreciate you being a listener of the podcast and uh, to show our appreciation we offer that ticking tax time bomb toolkit all right time now to get to know brie ray is a little bit better here on the podcast today our question for you brie what's the weirdest thing in your house <laughs> <laughs> okay and um, no, nothing i mean well i'm keeping this pete now um Let's see. The weirdest thing in our house probably Nate's bunk room. Hmm. And it's not weird. It's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. Nate has four bunk beds or four beds in his room. He has two sets of bunk beds that were built into the walls. So we're kind of stuck with them. It's gorgeous. It's cute. It's amazing. The thing with it is, is that it and on the surface it doesn't seem weird until you find out we only have one child and we only plan on having (laughs) one child and then it seems a little excessive but it's great it has we've used them nate has had friends come over or nap or whatever and it's great i do have to say did you make your beds this morning in the morning which is kind (laughs) of an odd thing to say and i had people look at me oddly about that and it's not that it's just because sometimes in the middle of the night he sleepwalks and he jumps between beds Uh, So I do have to, did you make your beds this morning? So beds in our house are plural. There's no singular. (laughs) (laughs) Does he tell his friends, hey, yeah, I've got four beds at home. Oh, yeah. No, it's his favorite thing to show his friends. Come over. Come have a slumber party. I've got plenty of beds for you. Bunk beds are awesome. He he loved it. Now, the other night he hit his head on the bunk bed and came downstairs crying. So that part Mm. was not so great. But, you know. It's one of those things. So I would say that's probably the weirdest thing in our house. Our house is pretty normal. We have a lot of Lego, but that's normal for us. Mm-hmm. We've got some art pieces that I'm not sure everybody would, you know, find normal. Um, I have a giant metallic uh, sign heart in our bathroom. That's pretty cool. One of those light up style, like the old uh, Vegas style signs that have the light bulbs. I have one of those and a heart. Yeah. But yeah, I think the weirdest thing is probably the bunk beds. All right. Very good. Well, Nate's got it made. Four beds. Love it. Nate Nate does. uh, I will tell you, putting sheets on bunk beds suck. (laughs) Making bunk beds, not a lot of fun. I can imagine. Especially when they're built in like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Let's get into our mailbag. Close it out with a question from a listener before we close out today's episode. This one is from Tony. Bree says, I'm hesitant to pay off my house because I don't have many other tax deductions at this point, but I have 100000 in the bank and I only owe 45000 on the house, so it's really tempting just to pay it off. What are your thoughts? Okay. I hate saying it, but it depends. But my initial gut reaction, Tony, is if you only owe, what do you say, forty five on the house, you've probably had the mortgage for a while and hopefully you refied while mortgage interest rates were low and not what they are today. So that means you you know you're not paying a lot of an interest. I in that case would keep 
the mortgage. And there's a couple of different reasons why. Cash is king in retirement. Uh, you can see this in a lot of people who've done what you're suggesting you do, which is you know, pull money out of your bank and pay off your mortgage. And then later on, they need money. And you can't take a brick or a window out of your house and go down to Kroger and buy a loaf of bread. It just doesn't work that way. And so that's the entire reason the reverse mortgage industry exists. And you can bet those loans are not in the best interest necessarily of the person who takes them out. So it's one of those situations where personally, I feel like cash is king. And if your interest rate on your home mortgage is low enough, keep it. Now, if your interest rate on your home mortgage is eight or 15, then no, pay it off. But I like using other people's money because I know if I can get, let's say, let's say a, a, a average return of 7% and my mortgage is four, that means I am getting to keep the difference in my investments. Now, not necessarily at the bank. But with this scenario, if you had it if you had that money invested and you were bringing in let's say 7 and you're paying out let's say 4, and this is all hypothetical by the way, then you're keeping the 2 or the 3. Um some years you might be bringing in 8, some years you might be bringing in 3. But on average, if we're averaging out 7, so in that situation, it makes more sense to, to arbitrage your money, to not pay off the house and you make your money work for you. So important, Tony. And a question I'm sure you probably get quite a bit and people have to examine the pros and cons and weigh well, what's best for People love them. this question and I completely agree with it. And, and a part of it's the mindset that we've all grown up with, with the, you need to retire with no debt. You need to never have debt. You need to pay off your debt as soon as you can. And while I agree high interest debt is terrible, totally agree. I'm not a fan of high interest debt. Low interest debt can allow you to do other things with your money. It can allow you to put your money to work. So it's where, it's where I differ with other um, financial professionals. We, I've bickered this out with a few, few different financial professionals, but I think it's important. Um, you know, for a lot of people, their homes are one of their biggest assets. And the, unfortunately, the only way you can, they appreciate, the only way you can get money out of them is is mortgage or reverse mortgage or selling the thing. And then where are you going to live? <laughs> You're going to buy a new home? <laughs> Not in yeah. DFW. Everything's appreciated so, so drastically much. None of us can afford to do that. No, I'm kidding. But still, I mean, it's things you got to think about. Has there ever been a time, I was just thinking about this, has there ever been a time that you can remember and maybe ever that many people have a mortgage rate that is lower than what they can get from a savings account? I mean, I think a lot of people probably can earn more just putting their money in a money market account right now with rates around four in a lot of places versus their mortgage being maybe in the threes. Yeah, no. No, and I don't think we're going to see this again anytime soon. Yeah. And that's why I, my thoughts are, well, maybe not. I don't think a money market's quite doing that, but some laddered CDs might. I, I think it's one of those that we've got to take advantage of it. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? It definitely makes it tough to get out of your house you're currently in, if that's your situation, that's for sure. Uh, oh, so much, so much. And But I don't know. We just saw a great jobs report today. So who who knows how this is going to work? Yeah. Well, great question, Tony. We appreciate you sending it in to the podcast. And if you have something on your mind for Bree 
or our father, Tim, you can always give them a call at SS Financial. It's 817-444-8402. Make sure you ask about that ticking tax time bomb toolkit. But you can always log on as well, estesfinancial.net. Bree, again, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.